I'm Sarah Harsh, and this is 10 Minutes of Grace. What's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? When that alarm goes off in the morning, why do you get out of bed? What motivates you? Are you tired of striving for more time and money and acceptance? Do you feel constrained to fit your life into this neat little box? And will you ever become the image that you see in other people's eyes? Maybe we all need a little more grace. And maybe we could all give a little more grace. Well, I will probably go to my grave with my family forever remembering me always asking them this question in every moment, whether they're failing miserably or basking in great successes, in all circumstances, what's your purpose? Have you ever thought about this question? Well, my goal is to help you open up a discussion in your own mind and heart for finding freedom, freedom in your faith to be honest and real, for finding direction, a direction down a clear path of God's will and connection, connection to love others with the greatest compassion, a purpose that leads you to a little more grace. Welcome to today's podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining me here at 10 Minutes of Grace. Thank you for listening. And I hope this podcast is really encouraging. Our purpose is to have freedom. And if God isn't controlling our behavior or directly imposing consequences for our behavior to get us to change, then what does he mean when he wants us to be pleasing to him? What does he mean by good behavior? Is God rewarding our good behavior? First of all, I think we need to fully grasp or question that God's definition of good does not mean sinless. And we talked about this definition in other episodes. God's goal from the beginning was not to make us perfect or sinless. His goal is reconciliation. God's purpose for you and for all of humanity is to be reconciled with him. He wants a relationship with us. And the cross provides the reconciliation amidst our sin. So if good doesn't mean sinless, then what does he mean when he wants us to show good fruit? Well, many Christians define good works or fruit as actions of obedience to the law. And I think we need to question this whole thinking and definition of good works and fruit. When we begin to understand God's grace in a deeper way, a grace that puts all men on an equal playing field, there's a humility that's automatically displayed in our actions. And it looks like love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance, because this is what God's grace towards us looks like. Grace teaches us love. And when we understand how God shows us grace and forgives, even while we're sinners, we can then show the same grace to others 
and we can dispel the lies that we need to be sinless in order to please God. And we're free to feel deeply loved and we're free to love others and ourselves. This is how we carry out God's plan. Perfection is not the goal. God is he's not asking you to clean up your life. Pretending to be sinless will not save you. It won't make your life better. I refuse to pretend that I don't sin because I do every day. And it might not be big sins, but I sin. And I have plenty of big sins in my past. Sin comes in all shapes and sizes, and so it doesn't really matter if they're big or small. The smaller ones are just easier to hide. And I refuse to hide. And I also refuse to just suck it up and pretend to be someone I'm not. I struggle with sin and selfishness every day. And so by other people's God standards, God is never pleased with me and I can never please God because of this struggle with sin. And Paul talks about this struggle in Romans and he gives me hope that I'm not alone. But by other people's God standards, I might not even be saved. And at the end of the day, all of this theology debate boils down to a choice of how you interpret scripture. And by faith, we make a choice to believe a certain interpretation of scripture. And I'd rather serve a God of equality and truth than a God that asked me to pretend that I'm better than you. And if I choose to point out other people's sin, then I have to point out my own sin. And this only works if you think you don't sin or you think your sins are less than the ones that you're pointing out. And then here comes the measuring tape and the hierarchy of sins. And this puts us in a position of always trying to find people who have worse or bigger sins so that we can set ourselves above them. Man, this sounds, sounds like Pharisees. If God is not pleased with those people, then he's not pleased with you or me. You are not better. I want my kids to see my sin. I want my kids to see me mess up. And I want my kids to see God love me unconditionally as a sinner. I want my kids to see the real me. As a saved believer, I'm still the same me, but I'm made righteous in the eyes of God by Jesus's blood. God loves me as I am right here and right now because of Jesus's blood. And I want my kids to know that the God who created them will love them as a sinner because Jesus's blood covers them. Jesus's blood changes them in God's eyes. They're now righteous because of Jesus's blood. And they can be fully confident that no matter what past or future sin they commit, no matter their mountaintop or valley experiences, they will never lose their place with him. You might lose some friends and you might suffer some pretty tough consequences, but you do not get a better seat in the house of God based on your actions. And just because you struggle with sin and selfishness doesn't mean that God isn't pleased with you. God is pleased with you. First, he's pleased with your innermost core. God loves your spirit. For God so loved the world. It doesn't say, 
Christians only, or only when you don't sin. It says, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you and he's pleased with you as his creation. Secondly, he's pleased with you if you're a believer because you trusted Jesus's blood and now you get an eternal position with him. And lastly, he's pleased with you when you love others the same way he loves you. He's pleased when you lead others to trust Jesus's blood because he desperately wants all people to choose to spend eternity with him. This is how God is pleased with us. He doesn't love you more because in your mind, you're better than me. Stop trying to be sinless. So does it mean then that we relish in our sin because grace covers it? No, because there's something better. There's something more excellent. Love. Love people like God loved you. Love people like Christ loved the church. Love people like you love yourself. Jesus said all the commandments are summed up into two. Love God and love your neighbor. Everything else will fall into place. We can be free to truly love others in our diversity. And as we discover our own true selves and we feel free to be and express our true identity that God created in us before we were born, we will be love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Let God's grace and forgiveness do the fixing. We need to do the loving. We get in the way when we try to do the judging and the fixing. So when you withhold love by puffing yourself up as better and more righteous, and when you envy and when you provoke and when you behave unseemingly, when you seek your own image and you worry about what other people say or do or think, instead of showing grace and love, this does not please God. Maybe we need to give a little more grace. Thank you.